Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, October 9th. As always, we are presented by my guy Dom and D's Home Cuts. Just me today, but get Thursday, we're going to get Truman back on the show. we got a guest. Tune into Twitter to find out who the guest is going to be. But it's going to be back a little bit to our old format. Uh, won't just be me rambling on for an hour. We're going to have Truman back in studio uh, to help us break down some of these uh matchups going on in week uh, six in the NFL and also talk about the MLB playoffs, uh, which is what we're going to get into right now, right away. Uh, The MLB playoffs, it was an insane last couple of days. Uh, I just wanted to talk about this first. The MLB, we've talked about it a lot, is one of the worst worst organizations in terms of marketing and, you know, selling the game to, you know, its audience. You know, you'll obviously have the baseball purists, people who just love baseball, who will constantly tune in no matter what. It takes a certain level of uh, work and actually common sense to sell the game to people who really don't like baseball, who really haven't experienced baseball. And you have a great product like the MLB playoffs. And the MLB, again, is just doing another horrible job at selling this to the other market, the untapped market that people don't, the people who don't watch baseball. Playoff baseball should be played 8 o'clock, primetime, 7.30, 8 o'clock slot. Um, at, like I said, at night, 8 o'clock, on, during the week, whatever. It doesn't matter what day. It is an outrage that the Indians and the Astros, they played at 4 o'clock on Friday, 4.30 on Saturday, and then 1 o'clock, 1.30 on Monday. So you got two, all three games, the two teams, the two AL teams who've been in the World Series the last two years playing each other, you have them at a four o'clock, two 4 o'clock slots and then a 1 o'clock slot. One of those 4 o'clock slots was Saturday during like the straight-up, rush of college football you had it coinciding with the with the ohio state buckeyes game which was also on at that time and you know a lot of indians fans are also ohio state buckeye fans so you're going to get people who would rather watch ohio state you're going to get them tuning into that rather than the indians uh having an elimination game at one o'clock on a monday is it doesn't make any sense and it ruins the kind of mystique that is around playoff baseball you know where it's you know october it's it's obviously not cold out but it's a cold night cold october night the stadium's just rocking and it just ruins it and it just seems like the the indians are the is a series i really watch it seemed like there really wasn't much uh mystique around it and it just felt like it was kind of like a like a uh, regular season game like a big time regular season game uh, and you can see it too like the crowds really haven't been getting into it that much because it's hard to get into a game at four o'clock or one o'clock on a wednesday or a tuesday or a monday um so it's just another example of the mlb really ruining the sport that we all love and not doing a good enough job marketing it to the younger uh audience um it seems like these moves could make more sense. I get it. You know, they want to space it out in terms of TV and stuff like that. Uh, but you're going to get a lot more viewership if you put these games in the primetime slots. Um, obviously, the biggest series is Boston and New York, which we're going to talk about right now. Uh, last night, this is the only series still going on. Um, you, well, the, it's the only series still going on right now. Um, last night was insane. Boston won 16 to 1. Severino looked like complete crap. Um, 
I guess people were people were kind of judging him because they were saying he didn't get out to the bullpen early enough to warm up, and that really played a factor as to why he uh, struggled. Um, he claims it wasn't a big deal, but uh, fans and everybody knows baseball knows you have to have a certain amount of time to warm up, and it looks like Severino got out to the bullpen late and just didn't have you know his usual amount of time that he needs to warm up and pitch well. Whether that impacted his uh, ability to throw the baseball last night, I don't know. But he didn't look like himself yesterday, and that's clear. Um, the whole Yankees team didn't look like themselves. You know, losing 16-1 to is embarrassing. It's a primetime game, and that's just embarrassing, especially at home in New York. Uh, you had fans falling asleep. The team looked like crap, and I obviously I think Boston's the better team here, and I think Boston's going to win this series. They're up 2-1 to one right now, though Boston is, over the Yankees. Uh, I believe they play tonight, um, and I believe the uh, Boston Red Sox will shut them out here and uh, finish this series and move on. Uh, so obviously, I made my predictions last week about uh, how I think these uh, these playoffs are going to go. Some were right, some were wrong. Um, I was pretty much... Well, so far, we don't know yet with Boston. I'm predicting it's going to be Boston and the uh, Astros. And then on the NL side, Brewers and the Dodgers. So the AL side, I'm perfect right now. Uh, Boston and the Astros, I think uh, that's pretty consistent. Even though I was rooting for the Indians with my whole heart, the Indians just weren't ready to compete. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so obviously, we're gonna have, I think we're going to have Boston and the Astros. And then in the NL, we got the Brewers and the Dodgers. Uh... I'm going against the Brewers as hard as I can because I really don't want to see the Brewers go to the World Series. Although I could see them going and then getting their asses smacked by the uh, Red Sox or the Astros. So I'm hoping that the, I'm going to pick the Dodgers here. I think the Dodgers are the deeper team right now. Um, they beat a young Braves team um, who kind of resemble the Brewers in ways. You know, a team that really wasn't expected to make the playoffs, but they did. Um, and. They they played well. The Dodgers did. So I think the Dodgers will take this versus the Brewers in a couple games. I think I don't think there there will be no sweeps. I don't think. Um, and then Boston and then the Astros. I think the Boston Red Sox will beat the Astros. I'm hoping the Astros. The Astros are my team now. Uh, me and Brian made that decision last night. We were talking about it. Uh, there's really no, I get it, they beat the Indians, but there's really no team I like that much. And then the Astros, I like a couple of the players on the Astros. Um, in terms of World Series, then, if my predictions go right, it'd be the Red Sox versus the Dodgers. I think the Red Sox are the best team in the league, so I think the Red Sox will take that. Um, although, you know, something could change. You never know. Brock Holt last night hit his first, the first cycle in MLB history, MLB postseason history. Brock Holt hit, you know, the home run, the double, the triple, and the single, uh, this was just an ugly game last night. I wanted to talk about it a little bit more. The largest postseason loss for the Yankees. It was just straight up crap from the beginning, from first to last pitch. The Yankees just looked overwhelmed. They did not look good. Severino did not look like he was on his game. Lance Lynn didn't look like he was on his game. He came in after Severino, and it was just it was just a bad game for everybody uh, involved. Um, now we're gonna go to the other AL series, the Indians and Astros. Obviously, the Indians got swept. The Indians also were another team. That they, just, they just did not look ready for postseason baseball. They On paper, this team should have easily beaten the Astros. On paper, this was the most complete team in the uh, entire thing. You know, bullpen, starters, and uh, lineup-wise. 
The Indians just could not buy a hit to save their lives. Lindor and Jan Gomes were really the only two consistent hitters. Clevenger was really the only solid starter. Carrasco and Kluber both pitched well, well enough to where the Indians lineup should have won. Um, but then the bullpen came in, and guys like Trevor Bauer, who I don't blame Trevor Bauer, he should not uh, have come out of that bullpen. He was just not healthy, and he, I don't think he got enough time uh, in the regular season to really um, get back to his old self. You know, as you remember, he did break his leg uh, before, and he was out a month, but he came back towards the end. But he just wasn't ready. He did not look like his former self. Um, Cody Allen and Andrew Miller were a shell of their former selves. Um, Andrew Miller is still a big name. He'll get a big contract, but I'm ready for him and Cody Allen to both walk over this offseason. They both look tired and old and just they don't look as crisp as they usually are. And that was just a huge factor as to why the Indians lost. The fans complaining that Terry Francona was the reason and Terry Francona needs to get, you know, out of Cleveland and he needs to get on the street. They don't know what they're talking about. Terry Francona is the main reason as to why the Indians are as successful as they have been the last couple years. Um, You look up and down this lineup, I mean, the Dolans have done a great job of acquiring talent. Um, You know, they made a splash, you know, getting Andrew Miller, getting Encarnacion, getting Brad Hand. You know, these are big-time all-star caliber players who have panned out for us in the past. Um... It was just, it seemed like, and then the Josh Donaldson move was a great move at the deadline, not the deadline, towards the end there, Um, but it just seemed like these Indians were really overwhelmed, they weren't focused, Corey Kluber wasn't as sharp as he usually is, Uh, nobody was as sharp as they usually were, and it was just a bad um, game, bad series for all of us, you know, it was hard to watch, it was a team that Going against a team who, you know, went to the World Series last year, you know, obviously we knew we were underdogs in this, but it was just a bad series. And, you know, Francona's going to stay next year. They got to still have that young core. Jose Ramirez didn't show up at all, though. That was that, That's a concerning point to me. Brantley had a couple hits, I'll give him that. But really, Lindor and, and Gian Gomes were really the only two consistently solid hitters for us. Jose Ramirez claims to be an MVP candidate, and he he couldn't get a hit to save his life in the playoffs. This is a huge problem. I'm obviously an Indians fan, and this is a huge problem for me, uh, and it's kind of annoying and scary to watch because coming into it, everyone still everyone still views the Indians as the 2016 Indians, where we came in and we just shocked the world, but we're in no position to shock the world anymore. People understand who we are. People give. You know, Lindor, Ramirez, all those guys up and down the lineup, respect. They didn't give them the respect in 2016. Um, but 2016 put us on the map, and we had a huge, we have a huge target on our back. We had a target on our back um, in 2017. In 2018s, we still had that on our back. And it was just a bad game. Teams were, Astros played really well, and it just wasn't our series, wasn't our game. We'll be back next year, I think, right back there with a terrible AL Central. I don't see the Indians losing this division. I think they'll be back there next year. I think they need to make some moves over the offseason. They still got this rotation, which is going to carry you to the playoffs. They still got Lindor, Ramirez, Brantley, all those names. The bullpen's going to go through some changes. I think we're not going to be able to keep Cody Allen and Andrew Miller. Um, Even though they they pitched poorly towards the end there, they are still big names, and they'll they'll command and they'll get big contracts. Um, 
that the Indians just will not pay, and I I don't think the Indians should pay them huge contracts. So there's going to be some changes next year. Hopefully, we can you know kind of fix what's going on. It's a little stale right now. I think we'll get Zimmer back next year, which is some young talent added into that clubhouse. Um, hopefully, he'll stay healthy. Greg Allen's going to be back. He'll be healthy. You'll get another full season of him. He really showed a lot. Um, Yandy Diaz showed a lot. I think names like Kipnis, Cody Allen, like I said, Chiz and all, these guys are going to be gone. Um, I know I'm rambling on a little bit about the Indians, but most of us are Indians fans, uh, listeners. Um, you're going to see a lot of these big name, former big name guys. You know, like I said, Chisnall, Kipnis, and uh, Cody Allen, Andrew Miller. I think you'll see them leave, and I think that's not a bad thing. I think they've grown they've grown stale here in Cleveland. I think they could use a fresh start, especially Cleveland, especially Kipnis. Um, and I think adding some new talent to this clubhouse, some new young talent is going to really help them. And I think Terry Francona is the perfect guy to do that. So don't hate on Terry Francona. He did a good job. He did his best job that he could. He got us there. Um, we just need to start putting it together a little bit more. And we'll see. Um, as far as the Rockies go, the Rockies are another team. This lineup that the lineup that they had going into the playoffs was one of the best, if not the best, and they just couldn't hit the ball. Uh, the Brewers don't have the best starting rotation. Um, and they just couldn't, they were just killing the Rockies. Um, so that's really the worst part is when you come into the playoffs and your lineup doesn't do what you expect it to do, and it's just killer, and it's just a gut punch. Um, the Braves, they played well. They're not there yet. The Dodgers were the better team. Braves aren't there yet. I thought the Braves could maybe string, could be the 2016 Indians, you know, a team that wasn't expected to be there um, and make some moves. I guess The Braves are going to be there next year, and they're going to be there for years to come because of that young core. Um that's all I want to talk about with baseball. We got Yankees, Red Sox again tonight. Hopefully they'll finish up that uh, series. Uh, we can move on to the next round. Um, but the MLB, you know, to wrap it up, they need to fix, you know, these 1 o'clock playoff games, these 4 o'clock playoff games. Playoff games need to be played at night. And I get it, there's a lot of games. And as the series and as the playoffs progress, there'll be less games. Um, so maybe it'll get better. But it's just frustrating. And maybe all that's... All in part due to the Indians were losing. And they weren't really in any game that they played towards the end. Let's talk about some basketball. The play, the regular season kicks off on Wednesday. We're going to do... We got a guest on Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, some other stuff with him. But we are going to break down NBA with him a little bit. You know, just go through our preview. And I'll do a little bit more of that on Tuesday as well. Um... Murray for the Spurs, their starting point guard last year. He tore his ACL. That is a huge loss for the Spurs. Um, he was an all second team all defense last year. Watch guys like Patty Mills, you know, uh, Derek White, some of these smaller names. They're going to be the guys who are going to step up into that role for the Spurs this year. Um, I f- Murray is one of the best young players the Spurs have. Now that they have DeRozan, he was going to be a huge help to them. Um, this hurts. If there's a coach in the league that I think could, you know, rebound from this, it is Greg Popovich. So I don't expect this to hurt that much, but it does hurt. It does provide, um, it's, it does hurt a lot for them, but not as much as I think people, you know, think. Um, as far as the NBA goes, we're going to talk about that more on Thursday. Um, I've been watching a lot of preseason basketball. We're just waiting for it to, uh, 
to move on a little bit next Wednesday, like I said. So we will talk about it then. Uh, but we are going to move now to football. Uh, we had a crazy NFL Week 5. Um, we're going to wrap that up. We got a couple other storylines. But before that, I wanted to remind you guys that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. So we broke it down a little bit on the last show. Let's break it down a little bit again. Like I said, you're sitting there. You just got done work. You, you're driving home right now. Um, it's 2, 3 o'clock. Um, you look at your watch. You look at your uh, your alert. Oh, no, the playoff baseball is starting at 4 o'clock for some reason because the MLB thinks it's a good idea to put your team in the playoffs at 4 o'clock on a Thursday. So you run home. You drive as fast as you can. You finally get home without getting a speeding ticket, and you, uh, you pull into the driveway, and next thing you know, you run inside, you turn on the TV, your wife or your mom comes around the corner and says, hey, you need to go mow the lawn. You haven't mowed the lawn in a while, it's looking bad, and the leaves are everywhere, it's starting to be fallout, you got to mow the lawn. What do you do? You, your playoff baseball team's on, you can't mow the lawn, but you don't want your wife or your mom mad at you, so what do you do? You call up A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Turn to A's and trust me, all your lawn and your home needs will never um, will will look better. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust them for all your landscaping needs. So every time you come home, you won't be nagged by your mom or your or, uh, your wife. And your lawn and your home will look spectacular. And you wouldn't have done any of the work. And now you can go inside and watch your playoff game at 4 o'clock on a Wednesday. Because that makes sense. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. Ace Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. Let's get into some football. We, we let off the show with some baseball. Because it's playoff time. But we all know football is the best, and we're going to talk about it on today's show like we always do. Week 5, a little bit of a crazy week. We had some crazy storylines. We're going to go through each game. We'll start with the Thursday night game. Um, New England was playing Indianapolis, and New England won 38-24. Not a surprise. Nobody really expected the Colts to uh, shock them here. I know Colts fans think that this uh, this is still a rival rivalry um it hasn't been a rivalry since Peyton Manning before Peyton Manning hurt his neck Indianapolis is nowhere near New England and they won't be for the next couple years so Tom Brady and the Patriots are going to be playing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on Sunday night that's going to be the best game we've had so far this year um and it's going to really help decide is New England um good or are they just playing bad teams? We'll finally get a good decision, uh, a good clear-cut view on, uh, I think it's Monday or Sunday night. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, we'll talk about that on Thursday. Um, Josh Gordon caught his first touchdown pass with the Patriots. Um, he looked pretty solid. The whole team looked good. I'll give him that. But uh, I'm not so sure I'm going to stamp them as you know back. But again, I'm not betting against them ever again. Next game, Tennessee at Tennessee playing Buffalo. Buffalo got the win 13-12. This was a real barn burner of a game. Um, I'm sure none of you watched it. Uh, but Buffalo played well. Josh Allen 
is not there yet as a passer, but as a runner, he is one, he is the best running quarterback out of all these rookies so far. And if you would have told anybody that before the season started, they would have said, you're crazy, Lamar Jackson. But Josh Allen is not afraid to run that ball um, and put his shoulder down and get contact. Now, that works for now, but the thing is, when he's in year four or year five and he's, these shoulder injuries start to crank up because he's been lowering his shoulder his whole career, it's going to be a problem then. So he's going to have to start to develop more as a passer. Buffalo, I get it, doesn't have a lot of weapons on the outside. Um, really, the only true weapon they have is LaShawn McCoy, who they're thinking of trading. He was just put on the trading block. Um, the Eagles are trying to trade for him. We'll get to that in a second. Um, as far as Tennessee goes, they're the most inconsistent team in the NFL. They're going to play to their level of competition every single night, every single day. Um, if a team's good, they're going to play. They're going to play them good. If the team's bad, they're going to play bad. Um, and you know, it's been that way for the last couple of years. I'm not sure. If, I think it's just Mariota. I think Mariota's like that. You know, he's a very inconsistent quarterback. He's been that way since coming out of college. He's shown flashes, but he's got to put it together. Him and Winston are kind of the same thing. Giants and Panthers. Panthers won 33 to 31 on a 63-yard winning field goal. The Giants played well. They had a really solid game. Odell Beckham finally caught his first touchdown pass. He actually threw one to Saquon Barkley, which was cool to see. Um, this team is just not ready to win, though. Eli Manning is stale. It's going to take a little bit for them. Um, I think to start winning again, I think it's going to involve getting rid of Eli and getting a younger guy in there. Um, I said it before, and I'll say it again. They really blew a huge opportunity um, in the draft this year. Obviously, when you have Saquon there at uh, number two, it's hard to pass up. But if they would have drafted a rookie quarterback, that would have been a huge help for them because they could have sat him behind Eli for you know a year, and he would have been pretty solid. Because Eli, I think, if you have to make a list of the best guys to sit behind, Eli is probably up there because he has so much experience, and you know I feel like he's one of those guys who will help a guy, um, will help a young guy, you know, learn the system. Miami and Miami and Cincinnati. Cincinnati won twenty-seven to seventeen. Cincinnati looked really good. Um, Miami again, an inconsistent team. They lost two straight now. I can't. I'm. I'm not going to say they're good anymore like I used to. Cincinnati is a really good team though. I think they're going to win the NFC North. I think they're the best team in the NFC North, and they're getting perfect back. Um, so it's just going to add to their talent level. Mixon is a top five running back so far this year. Um, his talent level is unmatched. Uh, the defense looked good. Sam Hubbard, shout out Ohio State, had a pick six. Michael Johnson had a pick six. This team's good. I'm just going to say it. The Cincinnati Bengals are a good team, um, and I think we're ready to confirm that right now. Staying in the NFC North, Baltimore and Cleveland. Cleveland won 12-9 in overtime. Baker Mayfield is not ready, like I said, to start and to consistently lead a franchise, but he does enough to where he's going to put his team in, in position to win every single week. Um, and you match that with his defense, which I think is a top five defense in the league. It's one of it, This is one of the best, most talented Browns teams they had in a long time. They need a little bit more weapons on the outside. Um, I think that would help out a lot more. This offensive line is a little shaky still. It's better than it has been in the last couple of years, but it's still a little shaky. Um, as far as Baltimore goes, I'm not sure what to make of Baltimore. They played like crap, and uh, the scoreboard reflected that. It's a hard defense to go against. Um, 
guys like Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, who's looking like one of the steals of the draft. I guess not a steal, but one of the top players out of this draft. Um, I'm not really so sure what to think of Baltimore yet. You know, I thought they were a good team, but you know, if Cleveland, I don't know. I'm just going to uh, move on though. Um, Baltimore's got a tough test next week, and I think they'll be able to decide a little bit better. Green Bay and Detroit. Detroit won 31 to 23. I'm going to talk about Green Bay a little bit. Go off on a little rant here. Green Bay is struggling. This offense is stale. This defense is not terrible. Um, Pettin is still a good coordinator. We have the talent. Rodgers is struggling right now. This offense that Mike McCarthy is calling, it makes no sense to me. Aaron Jones is the best running back in the NFC North, and he doesn't get any carries. Um, he played, Aaron Jones played 27% of the offensive snaps, only 27, and he did not have a single carry in the second half. That makes no sense to me. Aaron Jones should be on the field 80% of the time or more. Um, Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery are two very good running backs, but they're nowhere near the level of talent that Aaron Jones has inside of him. He needs to get more playing time. And, and Mike McCarthy just doesn't realize that. People say it week after week after week. We're watching the film. We're watching the same type of thing he is. He's getting, Aaron Jones is getting yardage when there is no yardage. He is the best running back the Packers have had the last couple of years in terms of talent, and he's not being used. McCarthy, we're going to talk about it in question and answer. His seat's eating up a little bit. Jacksonville and uh, Kansas City. Kansas City won 30-14. to Jacksonville, I'm not really sure what to think of them yet. They still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Blake Bortles is a solid quarterback. The weapons on the outside aren't great. And when you go when you lose a guy like Fournette, that doesn't help at all. Um, Kansas City, they're known for this offense, but the defense really stepped up in this game. Pat Mahomes didn't have the best game. Um, he only ran for a touchdown. He didn't throw any, and he had two picks. But this team, this Kansas City team is deep. This defense is solid enough to to uh, help the offense when the offense is down. Um, so I'm not really sure yet what to think of uh, Jacksonville. But Kansas City, they are they have started 5-0. I'll give them that. They always seem to start hot, though, this Andy Reid's. Andy Reid's teams usually seem to start hot and then slowly fade off and then barely make the playoffs and then lose first round. Next week is a big test for them to really prove it with going against the Patriots. Um, as far as Jacksonville goes, I think Jacksonville is an underwhelming team this year. They're playing to down to their competition level. They're not really focused, it seems. Jalen Ramsey's more focused on what Tyreek Hill is saying than what he, than the game plan. That's a problem. Um, and I think Doug Marone's going to fix it, and I think he will because he is a good coach. Next game, Denver and the, Je- and the Jets. 34-16, the Jets beat Denver, which makes no sense at all. Um, I thought Denver was a good team. I thought Denver... Um, was a solid team, but when guys like, you know, Bradley Chubb haven't, hasn't been stepping up, um, he had top five draft pick and he's just been invisible most of the year. Um, so far, um, it just seems like the Broncos aren't the Broncos of the past. It seems like they're just, they just have a decent team. They're a decent team, but they're just not that good. Case Keenum, is shown that he is a decent starting quarterback, but I think that system he was in last year was really the big reason as to why he was so good last year and so surprising. Um, 
So I'm not exactly sure what to think of Denver or the Jets. The Jets I thought were bad, and I thought I was ready to write them off. But Sam Darnold comes out and has a great game. Uh, Robbie Anderson has a great game. Um, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me why the Jets are so up and down. Guys like Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah Crowell is the most annoying fantasy player to ever have. He's on my team. I started him. I sat him week one. He gets two touchdowns. I start him week two, he gets one point. I sit him week three, he scores two touchdowns again. I sit him, I start him week four, and he does nothing. And then I sit him again, he goes off for 35 points. Most frustrating fantasy player I've ever had in the last couple years. Um, and this whole team is frustrating the Jets because they're either going to come out and play really well or they're going to play bad. And I don't really know what to think of them just yet. Atlanta and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh won 41 to 17. Atlanta is beat up. This defense is uh, a shell of their former selves due to injuries with some of their top key guys, like I've said. Um, and they've come a long way since their Super Bowl run a couple years ago. Um, this team isn't what it used to be. Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback. This offense is still solid. But this defense is rough. Uh, and Pittsburgh is on the come up right now. They scored 41 points. Um, they won last week. They're really making waves right now. Antonio Brown is kind of getting back to what he was. James Conner is a good running back. This is a solid team and uh, a team to watch out for, I think. Oakland and the Chargers. Oakland uh, lost 26-10. to Chargers, one of the best teams in the AFC. Oakland's one of the worst. John Gruden, um, the John Gruden experiment is just not working out right now. Um, so there's not much to say there. Chargers are good and Oakland's bad and Oakland's got to do something because this team is boring minnesota and philadelphia nfc championship rematch minnesota got to win 23 to 21 both teams have come a long way since that nfc championship game um i don't see minnesota or philadelphia as like a contender or like a scary type of team Wentz is still working his way back, and but how much longer are we going to give him that excuse till it's time where you know Nick Foles starts rumbling? But Nick Foles didn't even look that great. So Philadelphia is struggling right now, and so is Minnesota. Minnesota's got a lot of things wrong. They needed this win. This was a good win for the locker room. Um, even though I hate Minnesota, this was a solid win for them um, and that franchise. Arizona and San Francisco. Arizona got the win 28-18. to Josh Rosen got his first win. The Chargers, the Cardinals got their first win. Um, San Francisco is just not what it used to be um, without Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Arizona looked good. Josh Rosen is coming along. I think he's going to end up being the best quarterback out of this class, and he's slowly coming along. Starting rookie quarterbacks were 4-0 in Week 5. Just saying. You know, Lamar Jackson didn't get a lot but of playing time. Um... But starting quarterbacks were four and zero. The Rams in Seattle. Uh, the Rams won thirty three to thirty one. A little bit of a scary game for Rams fans. This defense is a little concerning. They got a lot of names, um, but they really don't have a good outside pass rush, and that's a problem. Um, you see that with Oakland. That's a big problem with them now. Um, but the Rams look good. This offense is still solid. Seattle's just not what it used to be. Uh, so you know. That's what happens when you play the best team, I think, in the league with the Rams and then Seattle. Dallas and Houston on Sunday night. Houston won 19-16 in overtime. Jason Garrett not punting the ball on 4th and 1 was not uh, going forward on 4th and 1. 
is one of the dumbest decisions we've seen all year, and that's why he's, his name is going to be brought up here in a second. Monday night game, Washington and New Orleans. We're going to talk about Drew, Drew Brees in a little bit. New Orleans won 43-19. to uh, Not really sure what to think of Washington yet. Uh, I think they're just kind of a basic team. You rank them right there with the Broncos in terms of just kind of a bland team. Um, but the Saints... They look well last. They look. Pre- they played pretty well last night. We'll talk about them a little bit more in a, in a little bit. Actually, we'll talk about them right now. Drew Brees broke the all-time passing record in the NFL. He, Drew Brees, is a guy who just consistently goes out and puts up great seasons, and he's his greatness is just overshadowed by guys like Brady, Rogers, Favre, Manning, um, but he's right up there with them all. Um, you could he's. If he really won more Super Bowls, I think he'd be his name would be right up there as one of the all-time greats. He is an all-time great. I think he's the most accurate quarterback of all time. Uh, his athleticism with his size is unmatched. He has one of the most, like I said, accurate arms of all time. And he is an all-time great. He's not Brady. He's not Rodgers. He's just Drew Brees. He's his own type of category. Um, he's shown that short guys can really play that position. You don't need to be a tall um guys six 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 seven six five you can be under six feet tall and you can still dominate that position like he has the last couple years and he's just an all-time great he's a classy guy you know you don't hear much of him off the field he just consistently goes out every single year and puts up big numbers so congrats to uh drew Brees and uh, his family on breaking that record eric flowers uh, first round pick for a couple first round pick news. Um, Eric Flowers, first round pick for the Giants a couple years ago, is going to be put on waivers. Um, they couldn't find a trading partner, so they're going to put him on waivers, which is good because he's a turnstile. Uh, he's he's really bad. He's had some rough seasons. Um, maybe he's somebody who will enjoy some success somewhere else, like Cam Irving did. Um, or maybe even moving him inside would help. I don't really know, but. He'll go somewhere. I think he has the athleticism. He's shown that he can perform. Um, and maybe he'll go somewhere and get a fresh start, and that would really help him out. Devontae Parker is another name, another first-round pick, former first-round pick. Uh, he was picked by the Dolphins a couple years ago. Was a big name coming out of college as a wide receiver um, out of Louisville. And he just hasn't performed. He hasn't stayed healthy. He's right there. Um, in terms of Perryman and Kevin White, in terms of wide receiver bust the last couple years. Although Parker has performed a little bit, he just hasn't been what they need him to be or thought he could be. So they're going to cut or trade him. They're looking for trade partners as we speak, and I think they'll find one. The Browns would be a good good place for him to go. I think you know reunite him back with Jarvis Landry. They need some help, and he does have talent. Another name, Jay Ajayi, tore his ACL on Sunday. He's going to be a free agent after this year. This is a huge blow to the Eagles. Although they can cover it up a little bit, you know they have a crowded backfield with you know Sproles, Smallwood, Clement, um, and I guess they are looking to trade for uh, a guy like Lashawn McCoy, which would be interesting. Um, never really thought of that, but that would be a terrible move on their part. Um, he could provide a little bit of leadership, reunite that, uh, you know that Eagles go back to the Eagles, kind of reunite back with that fan base. You know they love him there, so I don't think that would be a terrible idea. Um, in terms of Ajayi, where he goes from here, he's just going to have to rehab. He'll get better. He'll get a contract next year, whether it's with the Eagles or someplace else. He's a good running back, and uh, he, he will get another contract. This isn't going to hinder that that much, although his pay might take a, a hit. I think he'll uh, be happy with what he gets, the, the kind of deal he gets um, next year. 
So that's it for NFL. We're going to talk a little college real quick, and then we're going to go to some question and answer. Um, week six in the NCAA football realm was crazy. We had some upsets. I watched the entire Texas Oklahoma game. Texas is straight up back. Um, that whole team played well. That defense is fast and physical. This offense is scary. They got some solid weapons on the outside. Oklahoma looked overwhelmed, and they ended up taking the loss 48 to 45 and over, not in overtime. Um, Oklahoma is just is a good team. I think Texas is a great is a really good team. I think Texas is slowly finding their way back to where they were beforehand. I know we've said this before with Charlie Strong, but I think Tom Herman is a really good coach. And I think he's really helping this team uh, sort of come back to what they once were. Um, Florida and LSU. Florida beat LSU, sadly. Uh, LSU's got a great shot this week, though. They'll be playing Alabama, I believe. Um, or maybe not. I'm not exactly sure. But Florida looked good. Florida's another team that looked solid. They, they're on their way back. This defense with Florida is... Also fast and physical. They got a lot of great uh, pass rushers, a lot of great guys on the outside. They've come a long way since that loss to uh, Kentucky, I believe, who Kentucky lost last week versus, versus Texas A&M 20-14 in overtime. Um, so we've kind of had a little bit of a shakeup in week six. Teams we thought were good, teams we thought were really solid, um, like Oklahoma, like LSU, like Kentucky. They all lost. They all experienced a little bit of a shakeup. Uh, Clemson got back on track with like a 68-3 to win. Alabama did its thing. Ohio State did its thing. Um, so not a lot of shakeup in the top top besides LSU at 5. Um, I think Notre Dame will get that spot. I think Notre Dame does have that spot at 5. But the playoff rankings are coming out soon. We're going to get into that in question and answer. Um, but it was a pretty crazy week for uh college football and next week i think will even be crazier because we do have a big matchup i think lsu's playing alabama if i'm not mistaken but but now we're going to move on to some question and answer but before that wanted to remind you guys that our show is brought to you by d's home cuts these has been there since the beginning we've we've had dom on multiple times gonna have him on again once school starts to let out a little bit for winter break here um he is the best. It's the best place to get a haircut around Northeast Ohio. You can only you can never get a cheaper haircut than you would at D's. D's Home Cuts is only seven dollars, and he'll provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Like I said, Truman and I have been getting our haircut at D's for the last couple months, and we have never looked or felt better. Every single time you're going to the shop, you're going to get a professional cut, and they get better every single time because Dom is always upgrading his equipment so he can give you the best haircut possible. D's Home Cuts, you can find it on Instagram at D's Home Cuts. Uh, search them up. You won't be disappointed. You can find a million videos um, of his past uh, clients. Uh, he does a great job, so I recommend checking him out. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So we got a couple questions and answers here, and then we got to wrap it up. It's a little bit of a shorter show today due to some time constraints that I have, so I apologize, but we will have a packed show for you on Thursday with a great guest, uh, and Truman will be back. So question we got um, is some what are some of the NFL coaches on the hot seat? Um, there's obviously a lot of names every single year. Uh, and as the season goes, the uh, this list that we're going to – I only have two names on here really right now. It will grow longer. Um, people are going to say, you know, why is – I'm going to read this list off. People are going to say, why isn't John Gruden on here? Because the Raiders aren't going to fire a guy after the first year, somebody that they gave a 10-year, 10 $100 million contract to. Um, 
So two, the two names I got are Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy. I think Jason Garrett we'll start with, I think, is the most obvious one. Um, he's been on the hot seat for a long time, but it's just never really happened. Um, and I think that's because Jerry Jones likes consistency in Dallas. Um, but he really hasn't gotten all that much out of his uh, players. He was given a first-round draft pick running back in Ezekiel Elliott, and he still doesn't trust him enough to run the ball on fourth and one in overtime, which is something you should do and something I think everybody, even casual football fans, know it's you should do that. Um, so he just hasn't gotten a lot out of the talent that he's been given. I get it. He doesn't have a lot of talented outside wide receivers. He has a lot of speed, but he doesn't have a lot of size and route running ability receivers, and that's a problem. But uh, in terms of... Uh, the talent he has, I mean, Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott are two very good young players. Dak Prescott, that could be debated a little bit. But it's just, it doesn't make sense as to why he's not getting that much production out of any of any of his players. Um, and then Mike McCarthy, he won the Super Bowl. It's just time's up, I think, for him. His offense is stale. His schemes are stale. Um, and I, th- I thought Joe Philbin would really help that. And it really hasn't that much. Um, so I could see Mike McCarthy getting fired here. He hasn't got a lot out of Aaron Rodgers. He's kind of pissed away a lot of Aaron Rodgers' prime years. Um, Rodgers is still in his prime, but it's just he's been riding on the co- coattails of Aaron Rodgers for the last couple years. And you saw last year that was the first real crack in the system because once Aaron Rodgers went down, McCarthy had no answer, and they were just a really bad team with Hunley running the show. So McCarthy, I think, is right there on the hot seat. But those two names, there's obviously that list is going to grow as the season goes, um, but people are still getting used to it a little bit. I think Todd Bowles is right there too uh, with the Jets, but after the win last week, uh, I think he kept his job a little bit safer. Um for the next couple of weeks, but don't be surprised if Todd Bowles gets the axe too. Um, next question we got are what are some of our er- the early top four for the playoffs, college football, and then who are our top three Heisman candidates? So we'll do Heisman first. I think that's pretty easy. Um, three guys go every single year. They like to have a running back, usually a different position player, but it's always the quarterback. So I'm just going to go to the three quarterbacks I think should go uh, and all deserve a le- legitimate shot. Uh, obviously, Tua from Alabama. He's done things that uh, a lot of guys can't. Uh, Kyler Murphy is one of the most electric players in college football. Um, you saw that last week, even when they were down, that you never felt like they were out because they can score just so quickly because he is so talented. Um, and then Dwayne Haskins, who is the most accurate passer Ohio State's ever had, um, and it's only been a couple games. But it's just a breath of fresh air to watch him because obviously with JT Barrett last year, Barrett was a run-first guy, and when it came to passing, he was not up to par with anything. Um, But Haskins is a pass-first guy, and he is really, really good at passing. I think Haskins is the best passer out of all these three guys. I think Haskins is better than Tua, better than Kyler Murphy. But the Heisman isn't just about, you know, what can you do on the field in terms of that your position. It's just how many highlight plays you can create. And guys like Tua and Murphy are guys who really do create those highlights. Um... And I think two is the favorite right now, and I think two will end up winning it unless something crazy happens. Um, but once Alabama starts to play these more difficult teams, don't be surprised if Tua starts to fold a little bit. And then my top four playoff teams, uh, it goes Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. I think that's pretty consistent with the top four. Um, so the top four AP team, top three AP teams. My fourth team, that's a little that's left up to a lot of debate. Um, I think right now I'm putting Notre Dame in. I think Notre Dame's the best 
uh, team left out of the, out of those four. Um, Book, their quarterback, has played really well. But there's a couple other teams. You know, West Virginia is up there. Texas is up and coming. There's just a lot of teams that you could put up there. But I'm going to go to Notre Dame right now. So Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Sorry. Um, but that's it for my top four. That's it for question and answer. Keep sending those in. Uh, that's it for our show today. Like I said, a little bit of a shorter show than what we're used to. About 45 minutes instead of the hour that we'd like to shoot for. Um that's due to you know a couple time constraints uh, with my schedule and also because we're going to have a huge show for you on Thursday, so we want to get you prepared for that. Um, our show is obviously always brought to you by D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Um, check those two names out. Check those two companies out. We don't support companies that we don't uh, use ourselves or we don't, you know, we wouldn't support them if we didn't know they do a great job, and they always do. Um we ask that you go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Uh, go on to Twitter, follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. Our Instagram, it's going to get back kicking up here a little bit soon. Um, our Twitter is the best place to reach us, though. Anytime you want to DM us, our DMs are always open, like we say. Um, you have questions, comments, concerns about the show. You want to be a guest. The guest we're going to have on Thursday, this is how he reached out to us. Um, we really would love to have more guests on. Um, and we're excited to have this guest on for Thursday. Tune on to the Twitter to find out who it is. That will be released Wednesday sometime. Um, and then our Instagram, we're going to kick, kick that up here soon. I'm going to get Sherman to start working on that a little bit more. Um, but 12 Ounce, you can follow us on, listen to us on 12 Ounce tomorrow. 12OunceSports.com from 7 to 8 a.m. YouTube, you can find us on there. If you can't uh, find us anywhere else, just search TNT Sports Talk. Um, and other than that, have a great day. Tune in on Thursday. We're going to have a big show for you. We're going to talk a little hockey. we got a guest on to help us break that down. Um, and we're just going to uh, get back to the old format, a uh, little bit of a throwback episode, if you, if you would uh, call it that, even though that's really the format of the show. I just Truman hasn't been here for the last couple of weeks. But other than that, tune in on Thursday uh, and have a great day.